Hello and welcome to Coworking with Iris, where we talk about coworking and community. This is episode 27, and today I'm talking with Thilo Upki of the Cobot team. And I'm excited to be talking with Thilo, who founded a coworking space back in 2009 and quickly founded Cobot in order to uh, manage the space. Um, Cobot is the longest or the oldest co-working software on the market, perhaps with the exception of Nadine. I'm not sure how many people are using Nadine these days, but uh, a lot of people are using Cobot. Let's get started. Thilo, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Uh, hi, Iris. Uh, great to be on the show. I'm totally excited. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Tell us, what is your co-working story? Wow. Um, yeah, in a way, co-working really fixed work for me. Um, I always knew how I wanted to work and I kind of find all the answers in co-working. So to step back a little bit, 2006, I came from the university applying for a job um, and found out nothing really offered what, how I wanted to work because I learned interesting ways to work as a developer during university. So I co-founded a consultancy with my co-founder, Alex, uh, to do just that. And we had the freedom to bring in our own peers, learn from each other. And we exercised that kind of inviting people to our space, exchanging our not a space, it was an office back then, and, but I was exchanging ideas and work with other companies on the same floor that started around the same time, had the same ideas. It was totally coincidence. And in 2007, there was a conference in Berlin called 9to5 that um, had the subject, or the subject was digital bohem, as it was called in Germany, that were these people working on laptops in cafes. Uh -huh. And there, a professor talked about spaces for, actually for Africa to share resources. And we said, oh, we need something like that mm -hmm. for, for tech people here in Berlin. And that was like, so we, we kind of converted our office and talked with people on our floor a little bit to make it more like that. That was 2008. We kind of got this whole thing going we didn't know about co-working back then and built the first directory my partner alex built the first kind of co-working directory for germany without knowing that it actually is and because the idea spread it and then in 2009 we moved into the actual co-working space learned by then that it's called co-working and that space served our purpose better to actually have meetups and meet other people's and we quickly found out that actually running the space while doing the soft um, development consulting was kind of a chore. So because we're a software developer, they thought like, okay, maybe we can build the software on the, for that. So some months later in 2010, we had our first in-house version of Cobot and quickly asked other people if they want to use it as well. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I met you at the first Juicy, which was in Austin at the AT&T Center or whatever that AT&T place is called. 
Um, and so we sat in a technology um, or a technology unconference session. Um, and at the time I was working for uh, Nextspace and we had built our own software also internally and we were talking about, hmm, should we really do this and license it and sell it? <laughs> or should we not? Um, and it seems like at that point, you guys were really just sort of just getting started going out into the world with the software. Um, yeah. yeah, that must have been 2011, so maybe a year later. Yes, yes. Awesome. Wow, so Cobot has been around a really long time. What is the biggest change that you've seen in the co-working software offerings in the past year, in 2016? Um, so definitely requirements that not that you don't expect directly from co-working, but more of the traditional office sharing businesses. So the actual ability to manage offices and office leases, mm -hmm. but also more flexible pricing things like real pay-as-you-go pricing, where you track the time that the people stay in the space per hour even. Mm -hmm. um, other things, are probably also due to the fact that people now know different co-working software so they demand more integrated like marketing automation also more control over actually who's accessing the system which again comes from bigger spaces with more traditional um, structures within their team mm -hmm. so these kind of thing and another thing that's really big now is like managing multiple spaces for once that because established spaces spread out to more to more locations and from the other side that actually more from the office center side companies switch their model and want to manage more space locations as well mm-hmm and there's a lot of I, I I see a lot of bells and whistles <laughs> nowadays <laughs> in co-working software. Um, are do you find that you are responding to the needs of the market uh, of your customers, or are you also, or I should say that differently, are you responding to the needs of your customers only, or are you also looking at what else is out there um, in co-working software, what other software companies are doing and, and adding those options to your software as well. I'm thinking specifically right now about the, um, the floor plan feature that Office R&D uses. And um, started offering the floor plan feature. And as a, as a former operator, I would have really appreciated that floor plan. We used floor plans at, um, at Next Space. We built our own for all of our spaces. Um, and it really helped in training. It helped training somebody, um, you know, this is where so-and-so sits. It helped with name recognition and just really getting to know with who, who's in the space. It also helped with mail delivery. So do you find yourself uh, sort of um, addressing the needs, you know, of the market? Or do you find yourself also looking at what others are doing and adding those options in? So we looking more at the actual needs of the market. So we attend lots of conferences, talk with lots of people, and not so much looking what others are doing because I think you would go kind of crazy, want to do everything. Yeah. There's such so much what you can do. And 
of course, there are also very good reasons to do certain things. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, we wrote down kind of a manifest of all values, what we want to support, mm -hmm. and basically align the features that we implement on that uh, in most parts. And then the next, where we, we listen to our customers. Mm -hmm. So we'll help them growing with us. I love that you wrote down your values and really decided what it was you wanted to be in alignment with and that you build based on that. That is really um, amazing. I think that when companies have their values really clear, they're able to make decisions that are um, best for them. And I appreciate shopping or uh, supporting a company that does that. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And do your, um, do your customers also um, help you? Um, respond. Do you also respond to your customers through through allowing them to help determine your values? Indirectly, because in a way we see our offspring mm -hmm. in really in the co-working world. So actually, the guiding or like the guiding values are kind of the co-working values. Yeah. So, so we saw how we can that apply to a product that you develop. And, and the other one are, are from our backgrounds as software developers, so as craftsmen, there's this agile movement. So this mm -hmm. is like in the agile manifesto, so like the co-working manifesto and the agile manifesto. Um, basically, on the basis, we built the cobalt manifesto on. So we really <laughs> called that and made it in a similar fashion um, because it kind of states the other side as well, right? It doesn't say we just do this and this, it say like we do this over that. And mm -hmm. I think that's really important because it, it recognizes that the other values are also important, but like in the point where we have to decide what we both to make like a trade-off, we get like a guide where we should lean to or like a remembering where we should want to lean to. Wow. Well, so besides um, your values, <laughs> what, um, what makes Cobot unique and different um, than the, the multiple options of co-working software platforms that are on the market today? So we try to, or like we really aim to have good uh, usability with a high flexibility, which are really forces that clash a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so we really try to drastically ease everyday task of space manager without trying to automate, on the other hand, the whole human element away. Mm -hmm. um, because we think that's really important in co-working, the interaction with people. Um, so we try to be really smart about repetitive tasks like billing and usage tracking. Uh, and at the same time, allow the manager to run their space the way they want mm -hmm. and not face it at this end, not overloading them the option at the same time, mm -hmm. which also requires a lot of focus. So we don't try to come back to the floor plan. We don't try to solve everything, but what yeah. we solve, we try, we really think hard and iterate about it a lot to have like a really streamlined um, solution for that. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, in the in a way of being open, we try to be 
ex extensible, extendable, meaning that um, we have a lot of free applications that you can plug onto Cobot to do certain tasks that you need to be done with Cobot, but most people or a lot of people don't. And we provide a really open and complete API, um, which means everything that you see and can click in Cobot can also be used by somebody who's capable of programming or by services that connect to other services to extend Cobot and even get the data out. I mean, we even have even we have even competitors that actually offer an importer directly from Cobot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and but we really think like you should be in charge of your data and you should be in control of it. And on the other hand, this complete API also allowed, for example, our bigger customers to build their own solution on top of our infrastructure. Mm. So they don't have to worry about billing or anything, but they can have their like a mobile application or completely custom experience for their for their members and, and can use all the knowledge that sits in the system. Wow. So you so your open API really means that I as an operator could um, purchase the SaaS service that Cobot offers and really extend it um, to work with all of the systems that I'm currently operating on. So MailChimp for my mailing lists, um, Liquid Space for calendaring, or would you replace Liquid Space for calendaring? You can do both. I mean, especially like MailChimp and uh, Liquid Space, there we have already like small apps, for example, that put all the members on your MailChimp mailing list. Liquid Space can be synchronized so that you can see who has has booked resources to Liquid Space, so you avoid double booking. Um, but yeah, you can even go much further than this, like building your own co-working software kind of on top of it, only for your space, so, and, and connect it, for example, with your CRM system, and only using the member listing in the back end to actually store related data, but in the front end, you never see that. Wow, that is awesome. I'm learning a lot about Cobot today. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what would you say um, is the biggest benefit to using Cobot over, let, let's say I'm an operator who has, you know, I have a, a relatively small space. Um, I have around 60, 40 to 60 members. And I've just been managing everything on spreadsheets. Spreadsheets have worked fine for me. Um, but I just attended a session at Juicy Canada where Angel told me, no matter what I do, to get on. And so uh, I think I'm looking at what's out there. What does Cobot offer me over just using my spreadsheets? OK. Uh, nothing beats Axel. <laughs> you can do everything with it. But like, it's like a big hammer, and everything looks like a nail. Mm -hmm. But this is uh, like the power in the 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 danger of it. So with a software, you get more structure. You get more ease of use. You can actually hand it to somebody else to use it, mm. right? And Cobot can actually take care of getting your bills paid. Oh. I think that's something that Excel can't do yet. Mm -hmm. um, and you actually get an onboarding process so that member can manage themselves. 
So you don't have to enter them in Excel spreadsheet yourself. Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> when, um, let's say I decide to purchase uh, Cobot and use it for my space, do you manage the, the onboarding or am I in charge of managing the onboarding for my 40, for my 40 members that I'm going to onboard immediately? Um, what do you mean with on like the existing members and you would just want to have them in the system and you have the data somewhere already or do you actually meaning like a new person comes in this space? Members and I have the data on my spreadsheets. Okay, yeah, with that we can help. Usually we ask people to send their spreadsheets to us. Uh -huh. um, so we set them up in the system and then you get all the data from your spreadsheet um, in the system and then you free to send out an invite whenever you're ready or you can tell us to send out invite and then they can click on a link to actually claim their account and from then on starting to manage the membership themselves. Mm -hmm. Lovely. And who, who are your typical customers, if we can describe any co-working spaces? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, maybe it makes more sense, like, what are the customers we aiming for and that are definitely like the people that understand co-working in the original sense so there are people that don't have the time to to fiddle around with everything that have people to take care of mm -hmm. a space to take care of um so they can easily on like use cobot to get things started and forget about all this repetitive task um these are our typical clients and then they can be small but they can also be big mm -hmm. it really comes more down to to the mindset of of the client and so are your customers so so they can be small and can be big what is your customer base made up of currently are they are they majority small um community based co-working spaces or do you also have a lot of sort of the bigger spaces that are coming online now? So we have this, I think we have the same distribution as the industry. So lots of small spaces with, with, with yeah, with members, managing their members and kind of middle-sized spaces that currently expanding and just asking, okay, I want to open my second location now after they have been three years with us and be like, yeah, this is awesome news to hear. Um, and at the same time, especially this year, we had so many new customers who said like, oh, we have this big plan and want to open 10 plus uh, locations. And uh, here are our processes. How can we adapt that? And um, these kind of things. So. Yeah, a lot of small spaces, more and more bigger spaces. Exciting times. Yes, it is. Um, and so you do offer plans for enterprise and multi-location spaces then? So yes, we offer plans for enterprises um, and multiple locations. So we have special agreements for for big spaces that usually need a more, lot more support in in question how to implement cobot in their existing processes that also need access to custom development from us mm -hmm. and we have 
support for multiple locations that memberships can roam. We want to extend that and make it more visible and accessible to existing, existing customers, as we saw that now we kind of in an inflection point where established more and more established spaces expand into multiple locations. Mm. And yeah, kind of small I wouldn't say there's a consolidation, it's because but like the, the growth is just accelerating so much in co-working. Yeah. And so you're seeing that growth accelerate. Um, what are the trends that you're noticing in, in co-working and in the growth? Um, it's definitely more, more, more bigger spaces, more locations, franchises, experience with new pricing models, like pay-as-you-go pricing really, so metered, metered co-working kind of. Mm -hmm. um, more corporate-like structures when people try to use cobot um, from an enterprise background or like a damn, business center. <laughs> like from a business center background, uh -huh. because we have we have some business center customers or already some some time. But um, yeah, you always can tell like what they expect and how they operate. Right. Um, <laughs> and we have to make it also easy for them to transition and embrace uh, co-working. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that, um, I'm curious, co-working like software like co-working has you know many different flavors um, and as we discussed about your values um, I can see you know people aligning very well with cobot and with cobots values and I can see um, existing people you know existing spaces in the world not necessarily in alignment with cobots values besides the values what's one reason that you might steer someone away from using cobot and send them to a different software provider. Um, so yes, this is, um, as I said, Cobalt automates things, really tries to be smart about that. Mm -hmm. But to make really use of that, you have to come with some trust in that. So you have to relinquish control. If you're a person who wants to control everything, double check every invoice that goes out, mm -hmm controlling where every co-worker sits at every time down to the seat level and go back and forth and adjust things all the time review everything then it's probably then cobot is definitely not the right tool for you because you have to hand, hand the things to cobot and let cobot run its course because mm -hmm, it's a bot exactly <laughs> it's it's a robot and it's there to help you and Either it's the same like when you have an employee, either you let him do it as with they, and then he takes care of it and you trust that he does it right. And it, from time to time you check on him the results if everything is working. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you come in between all the time and nag him to do something different and correct him all the time uh, in a way, in the way of how they do it, then it's not a successful relationship. Mm. Wow, I love that analogy. I, I really like that analogy. That's awesome. Um, so back to the functionality. 
of financial reporting do you offer? I did notice on your LinkedIn page that you're actually listed um, as accounting, <laughs> of course, because there's no co-working industry yet in LinkedIn. Um, but so t do tell me about your financial reporting. Uh, wait, I actually noted down somewhere here. Wanna oh, no, wait? <laughs> okay. Uh, so yes, we have like the most important things, like the numbers, monthly <laughs> revenue broken down into in into different revenue type, where they come from, or you can also break it down by accounting code if you have them set them up. Of course, how much is still out outstanding? You can have rent roll. You can have various exports to QuickBooks or Zero, and there's a bunch more when you look at into the add-ons. So and uh, yeah, it's really confusing when you have international customers because there are so many different ways to look at accounting. Mm -hmm. And so, are you able really to meet the needs of customers? Um, yes, that must be a real big challenge in terms of the financial reporting. Yeah, well basically, at some point. Sorry, you want to finish? Oh, sorry. I was just saying, as as well as even the currency, um, uh, just with all of the different types of currency across the world. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, not so long and long ago, we learned that actually there are currencies that have four dots after. Uh, no, four digits after the for the cents after the decimal point. Wow! Yeah, after that, yeah, that is. And there was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but we could adapt to that. So, but that was like a real surprise. Um, definitely, all the things you thought you know would be proven wrong. Um, but as I said, we have an API, and we also have like certain tool sets which also makes it easier for somebody with a little knowledge in programming to slap together a custom report. Um, and we have bigger spaces using that usually um, because they all use different in-house software uh, for bookkeeping that also changes when they change the bookkeeping firm and these kind of things. And we would go crazy if we tried to provide that for everyone in every possible way. So. We, we provide all the data that they need and make it easy uh, to access this data. Mm -hmm. And we definitely so will improve on that further because, yeah, numbers are important to know if your business is doing right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I did notice that the dashboard um, offers multi multiple metadata, metadata insights, um, so different KPIs. Um, are those customizable? Is that dashboard customizable and the KPIs that it surfaces? Or, or do you predetermine which are displayed there? These are predetermined by us uh, mm -hmm. at the moment. Making it customizable mm -hmm. would be like it's, it's an extra step. And at the point we decided, OK, what are the most important numbers that you need to show running a co-working business. And this is the number you get in and the people going in and out. Yeah. Yep, those are good numbers. <laughs> <laughs> those are the most important numbers, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, you did mention that uh, you value flexibility, um, which I can imagine being really challenging in a software, in developing software. Mm. 
Um, you know, there's currently, I think, around 11,000 co-working spaces in the world, which means there's probably about 10,000 different business models out there. Um, how customizable are, is Cobot? Can I, if I, as an operator, can I add my own membership type plans? Or am I within a set of sort of predetermined menu plans um, created by the Cobot team? No. So we have a very flexible structure uh, for paying either recurrently or per use. So you can have op even optional extra on it. You can have different long billing cycles for recurring payments. You can have minimum commitments. You can have including co-working passes or booking hours in, in recurring memberships. You can have individual booking prices for every member if you like to. You can force them to actually pay up front before they can make a booking. You can have specific time passes for different times of day, which is important, for example, when you want to fill your space in the evening or want some gifts and discounts when people work on the, on, on the weekend. You can have the passes being shared among teams. Uh, we support special offers with plans and individual conditions. Um, kind of the limit is you have to understand it when you look at this. Right, so we don't have anything that is like, oh, price progresses down with your length of your membership or these kind of thing. It should be something that you can present to someone and say, okay, this is how much I pay for a booking and this is how much I pay per month. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I recently consulted on a um, piece of software that, uh, that was just released, a co-working software that was just released and um, they thought I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> strange membership types that I told them that they needed to be prepared um, to handle and different crazy membership um, menu options and you know what I just kept saying over and over is look this is an, an incredibly flexible industry it has to be um, flexible so I, I applaud you guys in being as flexible as you are um, what other reporting options do you offer? Um, so there's like booking, resource utilization, new members, plans over time, different views on who's in the space, who's coming, like how, how well is the space attended, what kind of memberships are in the space, how much they use of their actual usage, that they have available. Yeah, these kind of things. Awesome. And okay. many more in our add-ons. Yeah, yeah, you can go crazy when you then use a business intelligence tool and feed it or data <laughs> if you like to. Awesome. And Philo, what's next? Um, Iris, sorry, yes. um, I have one minute left on my battery. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming in, um, even without a battery today and speaking. Uh, sorry. <laughs> wonderful to have you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, yeah, I was, as I said, I was so excited and I forgot my charger. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen to all of us. We, I completely understand. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And Thilo has dropped um, from the conversation. And uh, I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And if you have other um, interests in co-working, please go to other episodes. 
um, at coworkingwithiris.co, where you can also subscribe to the podcast. Keep doing the great work that you do every day with your members and keep changing the world.